I want to talk to you today about the subject entitled Above the Water. And my subtitle today is Keeping Your Focus on Jesus. So the title of today's message, if you're keeping notes, is Above the Water. As I go into this message, and I speak from 27 years of experience in walking with the Lord. June 10th, 1991 is 27 years that I celebrate walking with the Lord. It's my spiritual birthday, if you will. And in those 27 years of walking with the Lord, the thing that I, had dis that I have discovered personally is the biggest challenge as a believer is keeping my focus on Jesus. And I believe that now, and it seems like the more our society progressed with so many more distractions, it has become a much more of a difficult challenge, or, or, or at least we're tempted often to be distracted and to lose our focus on what it is that God is asking us to do. Information is at an overload nowadays. And if you're not really purposeful, you can find yourself being distracted with the things and the cares of this life, and you will find yourself missing what it is that God is calling all of us to do. Now, Jesus said something that I, I really want us to, to really kind of get into our spirit as we move forward in this message. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will. He didn't say you might. He didn't say, hey, it's a possibility. He didn't say, you know, depending on the circumstances, you may be able to. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Now, on the backside of that, he says now, but you can be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. Now, when we think about trouble, trouble is just that. Strained relationships, financial challenges, emotional challenges, health challenges, dealing with the, you know, sometimes the death of a loved one, which is always painful. We, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have those moments that, that it's going to be hard, that we're going to really have to, to maintain our focus on Jesus. But what Jesus was really trying to communicate is that as much as we would like to, to stay away from trouble, it's going to find us because we live in a broken world. And a broken world will always yield the fruit of brokenness in some way. Even when things are going well, how many know they're not perfect? How many know that even when you defeat one problem, one issue, there always seem to be something else that is lurking in the background because God has called us to live above it all. But, but we want to find our success and our ability to somehow be able to figure it all out or somehow to, to, to muster up the strength to be able to deal with it. And when God has given us what we need so that we can walk above it. How many know that God don't want you sinking in your problems? But yet, still, he said, you're going to have them. So watch this, church. So the winds and the waves are really symbolic of problems. They're symbolic of troubles. They're symbolic of difficulties. And the more difficult the problem, the more severe the problem, the louder the waves get. And 
potentially the more distracted you and I will become. So, as a people, as a church, as personally in your own life, and all of us are going through something, sometimes we don't always know what to do. <laughs> How many of you have been there? You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you don't have the answer. You don't know exactly what to do. But here's what I know that we ought to do. Even when you don't know what to do, keeping your eyes on Jesus is the thing to do and the thing that we must do in every situation. The key is, church, listen to me, is keeping our attention, keeping our minds, keeping our focus on Jesus in spite of what it is that we are going through because Jesus has, listen to me, church, Jesus has equipped us for this moment. He's given us what we need so that we can succeed in life, so that we can overcome the trials that are there. And the question, church, is, is not whether or not they're going to be there. They're always there. The question is always, here's the thing, people ask the wrong question. The question is always, how do you respond when you're going through it? How do you respond, man, when you see them winds and the waves and they are roaring and life seems to be caving in on you? What do you do in those particular moments? How do you how do you stand before Jesus saved you? He knew about your day. <laughs> before Jesus saved you, he knew about your problems. But before he saved you, he already knew what it was that you and I would be experiencing. And he also knew our shortcomings and he knew our failures. And yet he still loves us anyway. Is anybody glad about that church? still loves us anyway. He still remains who he says he is in the midst of all that. So the idea then is, and the purpose of this message, is to keep us walking on the water and, and not to sink in life. Because how many know that the minute you take your eyes off Jesus, and we saw it in the video, that isn't it amazing that the minute Peter took his eyes off Jesus, at that moment, and not until that moment, that he began to sink. Because he was distracted. And, and whatever it is that you're going through, the answer is always Jesus. Always. It's always to look at Jesus. It's always to come back to that place. So I'm going to give you a couple of verses as, as I set this up. So I want, to give, I want to drive home the point that Jesus is with us in the midst of all that. And I really want to to highlight this point, because I think that sometimes, depending on what you're going through, uh, how many know that our emotions are all over the place? Our feelings are all over the place. And sometimes it feels like, it feels like God is not there. That's the feeling that we get. But how many know it's just a feeling? We walk by faith and not by what? It's a feeling. So watch this now. So, so, so part of understanding the winds and the wave and processing that is knowing what gives you confidence when the winds and the wave come is that you've got to know you can't even blink on this. You have to know that without a shadow of a doubt that God is with you. You can't doubt it for one second. I mean, you cannot blink. You cannot have an iota of doubt anywhere. You have to come to a point that no matter what, even if you don't know what to do, the one thing you can say, you've got to be able to say, I believe that God 
is with me. Because in the moment that you doubt it, you'll blink and you'll start to sink. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? Jesus said, this is, a, this is a, an Isaiah the prophet spoke this. And this is Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2. Listen to this. But now thus says the Lord who created you. God says, he says, the one who created you. Now he's specifically talking about those who are believers, those who love Jesus, those who are serving the interests of God. Is there anybody in this room serving the interests of God? But thus says the Lord who created you. Understand he created you. You didn't make yourself. He created you. Not only that, but he who formed you. He made you who you are. He gave you a purpose. Oh, Israel, fear not. Isn't it amazing that one of the things that the Lord always says is fear not? He always have to say fear not because we have a proclivity to do what? To fear. So he always say fear not. Fear not. How do you know fear is not of God? See, Satan will always have you operate and make decisions out of fear. And when you make decisions out of fear instead of faith, you generally will make wrong decisions. So God always says what? Fear not. <clears throat> That's the message for us today. He says, for I have redeemed you. Now watch this now. He says, I redeemed you. I'm the one that saved you. I'm the one that came. Your, your, your brother, your mother, your father, your, your friend, none of them saved you. I am your redemption. I'm the one, Jesus said. I'm the one who redeemed you, brought you back from death. I'm the one that called you out of death and gave you new life. I redeemed you. I brought you back. And watch this. He says, now, I've called you by my name. And then I like this part. He says, look at this. And you are Mine. <laughs> oh, get that church. He said, brother, I redeemed you. I called you. I formed you. I put a purpose on your life. I created you for my glory, for my purpose, and you belong to me. God takes full responsibility for his children. Y'all are hearing that church. He said, you are mine. And he says it in a very jealous way, like, and nobody else can have you. Oh, how many know he's in love with you today? If you didn't know it, you'll know it by the time this message ends. You'll know how much he loves you. He's your mind. He's a, now watch what he says. He said, now when you pass through the waters, when? Everybody say when. No, everybody say when. When. when not if. See, when. See, waters here is symbolic of troubles. It's symbolic of trials. Challenges. He says, when you Pass through the waters. I will be what? With you. Now, how many know that he's not a man that he should lie? He says, when you're going through it, when you're going through the water, when you're passing, he says, when you're passing through, I want you to understand I'm going to be there and I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be there. Watch this. And though and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Why? Because your focus is on him. He said, no, no, no. If you stay the course, if you know who I am, if you stay with me, if you trust me, if you look to me, he said, look, I'm with you. I'm with you. Know it. I'm, know that I'm with you. He said, and when you go through the waters and the rivers, you're not going to, in other words, when he says they're not going to overflow you, he's saying you're not going to sink. Now, <laughs> uh, you know, 
I, I'm not a, I can't swim. I don't know if I should tell you that, but, you know, so I tend to stay away from a lot of deep water because I can't swim because if I fall in, I'm going to take a whole lot of y'all down with me because I can't swim. But I remember there was a time when I jumped in the water, I thought I was going to go, and I thought I was drowning, I thought it was over, and then somebody had to come pull me out. And, 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 and I was convinced that at that moment that it was over. I was convinced. Some of you right now, you're going through a situation, and you're convincing your mind, oh, boy, I, oh, boy I'm going to drown, I'm not going to make it. God says, he said, even though the water's out there, and even though they're going to trouble you, but watch this, he said, you ain't going to drown. He said, he ain't going to let it happen. Watch this. He said, and when you walk through the fire, watch this, you shall not be burned. Now, you're going to feel the flames. <laughs> it's going to feel a little hot to you. Yeah, you, you're going to know that you're in something. You're going to know that, I mean, it's there, and it's, and it's barking, and it's, and it's trying to demand your attention. But he said, even though you go through all of that, through the fire, through the water, he said, the waters are not going to sink you. And he said, and, and though you're going through the fire, see, fire there represents some trial. He said, though you're going through the fire, I want you to know something. You ain't going to be toast. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to give Jesus praise for that. You ain't going to be toast. It ain't going to happen to you. It's not going to happen. Why? Because your focus is on him. And he's saying that he is with us. This is not something that we're just in this thing for ourselves and by ourselves. How do you know that God is with us in the fight? Come on, church. I'd rather be in the fight with God than be in a fight without him. Y'all hear what I'm saying? As long as I know he's with me, I can do it. Look at the name. Say, you can do it. You can do it. Tell him, you can do it. As long as you know. God is saying, really, I got you. I got your back. He says, in another way, in Hebrews chapter 13, 5, he says, for he himself says, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I did some bad. He will never leave you. You don't understand, Pastor. I made some terrible. He will never leave you. You don't understand, Pastor. I, he can't forgive me, but I can't even... He will never leave you because his love for you is not predicated upon... It's not, how many know it's not a salvation? It's not a salvation of works. It's a salvation of grace. So watch this. You're saved by grace. You're kept by grace. You're restored by grace. And we walk by grace. So y'all hear what I'm saying, church? It's all grace. That's why he can say... That's why he can say, I'll never leave you, or and I'll never forsake you. I like how he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. He says, if we are faithless, I love this verse. Y'all need to write this verse down. 2 Timothy 2, 13. He remains what? Come on. Even we are, when we are faithless, he remains what? Faithful. So even when you don't do what you're supposed to do, God is still, aren't you glad that God is faithful? Is anybody in this room glad that he's still faithful? Even when you blow, when you don't do what you're supposed to do, he's still faithful. He said, he said even if you are faithless, if you don't have anything, he says, I'm still going to keep my word. How many know God is not a man? He's always going to keep his word. He's not going to lie. Let's look at uh, James as it. I'm going to take this thing even further before we get back into our text and, and preparation for trials and obstacles helps to keep our eyes on Jesus. I want to say that again. Preparation. Preparation. In other words, knowing that it's going to happen. Knowing. You know what I said earlier before? 
that, 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 that God knew exactly what it is that you'd be going through, the only person that's surprised about it is you. Don't you realize that, church? You're the only one that's surprised about your situation. You're the only one. God ain't sitting there. God ain't go like, oh, oh, Gloria, I, I didn't know I would have covered you, Gloria. Oh, Diver, I had no idea. I didn't see this little coming, Diver. I'll, I'll get right on it. I'll deliver you. I didn't see it. Hold up. No, no. He knew in the beginning. Oh, y'all seeing who's in full control here. Y'all seeing. He knew. He knew. That's why we call it a journey of faith. So, he, him, watch this. So, the fact that he knows the beginning and the ending all at the same time. He's uniquely aware with, about every situation, circumstances that we are all in, confronted with. He, there's no surprise to the master. So then, through James, James speaking through the Spirit of God, says in James chapter 1, verse number 2, My brethren, here's why he said, count it all joy. Now, watch what he said now. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Does that sound like it should, does that sound right to you? Because when we're going through a trial, how often are you really counting it up, adding it up as joy? <laughs> Seems like something's wrong with it. James, what are you talking about? Do you know what kind of trial this is? How can I count this as joy? Oh, y'all say it with me, say amen. How can I count this? Do you know? I don't know. I don't get it. How? Lord, what I'm going through right now ain't no joy in this. Oh, y'all with me? Say amen. There's no peace in this. I don't understand it. James, you must have been mistaken. Satan must have been speaking through you, brother. But James says, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, that means all kinds of them. Not just one or two, but all kinds of, whatever it is, whatever it is, trial, different. And you know, a trial is a trial. It means, brother, you've been tested. Is anybody being tested? Come on, church. We're all being tested in some way this morning. He says, count our joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, watch this, produces patience. Oh, this gives me confidence now. Boy, my confidence now, I'm, I'm, I'm shifting now because here's our understand. That, 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 so then, so here's the, here's the confidence that I have that, 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 that God is with me. That God is working something in my situation. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? You got to understand it. Either count it all joy when you fall. Count it joy when you fall. Count it joy. Count it joy. Now, I'm going to get to that joy thing in a moment. Count it joy when you fall. Into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is producing patience. But let patience have its work, perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. So here's, here's this, what this particular verse tells me. It tells me this, that Master Jesus is in full control of my trial. Are y'all getting that? It's telling me that. Because he's telling me right now, oh, it ain't for nothing. How many know when you're in faith, it ain't for nothing? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Watch. He says, now, now, now here's a couple of nuggets for you. I want to kind of help you with this. So, so not, understand this. So not having the right attitude toward the winds and the waves that's going to come at you. So not having the right attitude will cause you, watch this, 
to stare at the problem. Now, if you got Jesus here and you got the winds and the waves over here, the problems are trials. See, and the waves and the winds, if you stare at it too long, watch this. If you stare at it too long, all of a sudden, Jesus begin to what? He begin to fade away. And, and watch this. The winds and the wave has essentially now become your what? Lord. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? Why? Well, pastor, why, you, why is the wind and the wave become my Lord? Because now you've taken your eyes off of Jesus and now you're focused on the problems. And in a sense, you have, listen, you have bowed down to the problem. And when you bow down to the problem, instead of keeping your eyes on Jesus, you'll start to what? Literally sink. So watch this. So having, not having the right attitude will cause us to stare down the problem instead of looking at Jesus. And the moment you look away, watch this, church. Here's Jesus. You look away. Now you, now you got a problem. So now you stare at it long enough. Here's what comes on. Y'all ready for this? Depression. Y'all see this? Why? Because I'm staring at it. Anxiety. Fear. Right? Why is it fear? Because that's where my focus is. And so all you can think about is, oh, I ain't going to make it. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Because when you should be looking at Jesus, you're focused over here. And wait a minute. What are you doing? Smack somebody and say, look at Jesus. No, don't do that. Don't smack him for real. But <laughs> I want nobody to get in trouble. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So some of us just need to be smacked out of it. Look at the name and say, snap out of it. Come on, just say, snap out of it. Because sometimes we get fixed on the problem. And then we begin to worship the problem. All of a sudden, Jesus is sitting here saying, hey, 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 what are you doing? Look this way. You have now shifted your focus over here. And you made the winds and the waves now have become, in some strange way, have become Lord. And you really wasn't, you really wasn't expecting that. But it all happened because in that moment, church, we looked away. You see, and so we start to sink because we see our problem bigger than a God who can solve them. Y'all, y'all get that? We start to sink because we see our problem, our trial, bigger than the God who can solve them. And sometimes it ain't it don't take but a moment. Peter, and I'm gonna get to Peter here, back to Peter in a second. Peter, for that moment, as long as he was watching Jesus, he was all right, wasn't he? He was walking on water. But when he saw the problem, all of a sudden, that problem came bigger. Why? why? Well, Pastor, why did it came bigger? Because that's where his focus went. His focus went to that. And that caused him to, oh, sink. And there's a lot of people who is focused on the problem and they're sinking. And they're in despair because they're not looking at Jesus. They're not walking. And how many know Jesus wants you to literally, he wants you to walk on water. He wants you to walk over your problems. Amen. He wants you to understand. Listen, because here's, here's the whole point, church. The whole point is, is that the master is in full control of the situation. Y'all remember when Jesus was in that boat, right? And he said, he told the disciples, he said, we're going to go over and, and, and to the other side. And, and Jesus fell asleep. Y'all remember he fell asleep in the boat? And, and the water, he did come on. And the water was coming in the boat. And they said, oh, dude. Now, I'm, now look, I'm, I'm just bringing, I'm updating the language as if it was as... Today, dude, Jesus, like, like this thing is about the water, you know. Now, it's one thing to have the boat shifting, but how many know usually now when the water starts coming in the boat? Oh, come on, now all bets are off. So, I'm all right. See, see, I'm all right. See, when I was taking a cruise, we had one of those rough nights, 
I don't know if anybody ever had a cruise, but man, I was on the cruise one. They had a rough night, man. People throwing up all over the place. I wasn't scared, and I wasn't sick. Man, I was fine. I didn't worry about anything. But then I just come to, I just kind of stepped out on the outside as I was going back to my cabin. I saw a little water in the boat. I was, oh, 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 oh. Now it was just so splashback, but you know what I mean. I saw some water, nigga. And my thought was, hold on, wait a minute, gave up, but I was fine. So the disciples now, water's in the boat. Boy, this thing, they had, listen, they had to wake up, had to wake Jesus up. Now you would think that the rough, the roughness of the water would have already woke him up. <laughs> Sleep. Not a doubt in his mind he was going to get exactly where he was going to. And Jesus had to stand up and say, hush, peace, be still. And the Bible says that there was a great calm. It freaked them out. And all he was trying to say is, don't you know? Don't you know? Who made all this? Don't you know who hung the, the stars in the sky, who set the galaxies? And all? Don't you know who it was to form? Don't you know who? It, and what is wrong with you? Chill out. Look at your neighbor and tell him, chill out. Chill, chill out. Tell him, chill out. You see, and so, and so. And so, so the question then becomes, where is your focus? That's why you're sinking. That's why a lot of people, they are sinking right now because they're not looking at the one that can deliver them. Are y'all hear what I'm saying, church? Amen. And so if you ain't looking at Jesus, then you're, his, this is typically what it means. The moment you look away is the moment you stop trusting. Yeah. You stop believing. You start doubting. Bible says that without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible to please God. So all God wants you to do, God said, look, I ain't going to remove the trial, but here's what I'm going to do. I want to see how you're going to handle it. Everybody says the test. That's why James said, count it all joy, right? Because it's a test. He wants to see how you respond. It's a test for you. Now, he already knows, but it's a test for you because some of us need to realize where we're really at, and you're not going to know where you really are until you go through a what? That's why they test you in school, right? Well, I know I know the information. Let's see how you do. <laughs> why do we got to take a test? I know it. Well, let's see how I do. Oh, I got it 40. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I was on it. Then you start criticizing the test. Right? Something wrong with the test. The question's all right. And we do the same thing with God. God, I don't understand. This don't make no sense. What are you doing, God? Like, we're going to try to tell God, like, how he's supposed to administer a test to us? No, he's king of kings. God gets to decide how he... Listen, when you got saved, you don't have no rights over your life. Y'all don't like that. You don't have no rights. What right? You are slave. You are slave to Jesus. Master Jesus. But how many know he's a good master, though? He ain't like the master. He's a good master. Oh, come on, church. So then let's, 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 let's jump on over to Peter. So here, Peter now. I, I love Peter because Peter, you know, I've always said this. Peter, man, he's impulsive. But Peter was always willing to do what everybody else was scared to do. He'd step in it sometimes. He'd step in it. He'd run his mouth sometimes. He had to step. But Peter, Peter says, Lord, if it's you. How many of you have ever said that? Lord, if it's you, give me a test. Show me something, Lord. Has anybody ever been there? Lord, show me something. God, if this is real, I don't know if this is you talking to me. God, I need a son. God, if it's you, 
And Peter, Peter went deep. Peter said, now, the master now, mind you, is walking on water. I just can't. I'm just trying to imagine seeing that. Myself. What would you do if you just saw Jesus just coming to you, just literally walking on? Would that not freak you out? <laughs> would you be like, wanting like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I know you did some miracles, but boy, woo. This, this is, I don't know what you are, but whatever I thought you were, you're six times bigger than what I could ever. This is, he's walking. And Peter had the guts to say, if it's you, bid me to come too and walk on water. Now, I told you I can't swim. I probably would have just chilled out and been amazed. But I, I probably would never ask that question. <laughs> I'm just saying, can I be honest? I mean, I'm just me. I don't know. I don't know what God is doing. But Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me. Let me walk on the water. And Peter, how many know that whenever we want, how many know that Jesus is always wanting us to take a step of faith, right? He ain't going to turn you down. If you, want to, if you want to trust in him, if you want to do some crazy things in the name of Jesus and believe God, he ain't going to ever change. He said, okay, come on, Peter. He just said, oh, Peter, you can't handle this. Oh, chill out, Peter. No, 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 no. Not now, son. Not now. He said, you want to come? You ready to come now? No, come on. Come on. And Jesus welcomed Peter to come. And, and here we see Peter. Peter now, he's starting Literally to walk on the water. The brother, the whole, he's looking at Jesus, and, and it's amazing that, that, that he starts walking on the water. And, and, and all of a sudden now, he takes note of the boisterous winds. Now, more than likely, church, I want you to understand something. Problems are always there. And I really believe that in some way, maybe the winds weren't as boisterous at the time, but how many know? That the problem is always, it was there before Peter started walking. But all of a sudden, you know, when God really want to get, when things really want to get good and God want to start working in your life, y'all know how the devil start barking, don't you? He started barking. Now, all of a sudden, hey, you got can't. You're walking, you're following Jesus. Boy, you're coming to church, man. You're worshiping God. Everything is going right. Hey, 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 you got cancer. Oh, oh, you, you can't pay your bill. You're going to get put out of your house. Hey, hey, hey. I was, oh, I don't know. Oh, your children, they're going off the world. They ain't going to make it. They ain't going to make it. Oh, all of a sudden, you, but you were doing fine. But the boisterous winds all of a sudden cause you to blink. I mean, no, God don't want you to blink. You know, I love the old Westerns. Anybody like Westerns, man? I used to love the Western man. You ever seen when they stare down with the gun? <laughs> Who gonna blink first? See, see, how I many know you're in a warfare? See, and the devil wants to get you, he wants to get you to blink. And see, you gotta be to a point that no matter what happens, that you walk, you keep your focus. I ain't letting nothing, I don't care what happens. I don't care because how I many know that God got my back and God got, listen, God's gonna take care of that which that concerns you. What he wants you to do is you keep looking at him. Because how many know ain't nobody bigger than him? <laughs> ain't nobody better than him. Y'all get it? Ain't nobody stronger than him. So the problem, the devil, all of that has already been what? Defeated. 
So why do I need to worship and give allegiance or spend time worrying about worship? That's why Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you eat, what you... That's why he says, don't worry about all that. Focus on me. Because I'm the one, after all, that's going to provide for you. And, and how do you know that God got a plan? We already said that, right? God, look at me and say, God got a plan. You got to know that God has a plan. Peter now is walking, and all of a sudden, man, Peter, man, see the, the winds and the wave, all, which I think it was always there, but all of a sudden the waves just got a little bit more boisterous. And, you know, like in the, in the movie we saw, I like how they did it because then the thunder, get, you know, distractions. And all of a sudden, and, and, and that quick, Peter began to sink. He began to sink. And why did he sink? He stopped looking at Jesus. So why are you going to sink? Why? See, why are you going to see? You know, earlier I said I was going to go to this. I think I didn't even go there. Let me go. You remember when James said, count it all joy? See, when you count it all joy, joy means you're in the presence of God. Amen. Tell me all to see again. Watch this. Watch. The Bible says that in the presence of the Lord is fullness of what? In the presence of the Lord is fullness of what, Gene? And the presence of the Lord. So if I'm in the presence of the Lord, I'm focused on what? The Lord. That's why he says, count it all joy. The joy of the Lord is my what? The joy of the Lord is my what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. See? See? So joy, when he says, count it all joy. Why is it joy? Because I'm in his presence. <laughs> you got it? Why are you happy, brother, when the wheels look like they're going to come off? Because I'm in his presence. I don't understand you, man. I mean, it just seemed like you should be sad. You should be quitting. You should be giving up because I'm in the presence of the Lord. I'm seeing him and I'm focused on him. So therefore, I'm trusting him to fix everything around me that ain't right. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? Count it all joy. Counted us. That's what he means. It counted as joy. Get in his presence and stay there. Watch. So Peter. So Peter started to sink because he took his eyes off Jesus. And Jesus asked him the question. He says. Peter. Why did you doubt? In other words, you know what Jesus was saying? He said. You didn't look at me. You stopped looking at me because it's a faith issue. For, for, even if for, for a brief moment, you, you are doubting if I really can fix this, aren't you, Peter? You doubted if I can continue. Peter, you doubted for one second. And that's what the first thing Jesus says. And what, what, when did you doubt? Everybody say, doubt makes you sink. Come on, say it. Doubt, doubt makes, makes you sink. sink. So every time you doubt, see yourself sinking. Y'all get it. Peter doubted. And Jesus says, it's a matter. Peter, you don't trust me. I know it's hard. You know what I'm saying? I do trust. No, no, you trust them sometimes. <laughs> but he wants our focus to stay on him all the time. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I'm going to read the verse 2. Well, I'll start reading verse 1. It says, therefore, also, since we are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, here's what the writer there is saying. Everything that's going to distract you 
from keeping your focus on Jesus? Because what's going to give you victory in life? What's going to cause you to walk on the water? What's going to cause you to walk above it all? Keeping your focus on Jesus. So, so the writer here is saying, get rid of everything, sin and weights. Not necessarily, you know, there's something that are weights, right? They're not sinful, but they're just weights. They just get in the way of you keeping your, identify the things in your life that distract you from keeping your focus on Jesus. What are they? Identify them. Get rid of them. He said, lay all that stuff aside. And he said, what? Now watch this. In verse number two, looking unto Jesus. There it is, church. See? Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, or the perfecter of our faith. Watch. Jesus is the one who started it, and Jesus will be the one that's finished it. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? He's the author. He's the finisher. But we just tell us to do, lay aside everything that's going to distract you, and here's what I need you to do. Keep looking at me. Keep looking at me, and then if you keep looking at me, then watch this. You're going to endure it all, and you're going to find that you're going to reach your purpose and your destiny because how many know that God is taking you somewhere? Amen. Oh, 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 he is. If you believe it now, because he said, I'll never leave you, right? Said, I'll never forsake you, right? That what he said? He said, even if we're faithless, he remains faithful. Amen. So obviously it means that he is taking me on a journey. And I don't know about you, but I won't mind. Anybody won't theirs. Oh, oh, I won't mind. I just want to be where he wants me to be, stay where he wants me to stay, being confident in this very thing, Philippians 1, 6, that he, Jesus, who began a good work in you. How do you believe God's doing a good work in your life? Come on. He who began it. How many know, listen, he started this thing. He chased after you. He came after you. He has mad love for you. He was pursuing you from the moment you came out of your mama womb. He was already hounding you when you didn't even know he was hounding you. He who has begun, and that's when he started this thing, before eternity. You're saved because before you ever came, God already predestined you to be saved. Are y'all here, don't say? Predetermined some things about your life. He has began a good work in you. He will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's saying, look, God is working. Don't you worry. Look at the neighbor and say, don't you worry. Don't you, don't you, don't you worry. Don't, don't, don't you worry. Don't let a little problem, a little boisterous wind get you all mixed up in your head. Don't you worry. God got your back. He has a plan. He who has begun the work will complete it. I like Psalm 138, verse 8, says the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. How do you know God's going to fix it? Amen. Oh, God's going to fix it. Now, he may not fix it like you want him to fix it, but he's going to fix it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And, and, you know, and, and, you know, and you know how the master does. God always blows your mind, doesn't he? He, he blows your mind. But, but here's the thing. He's saying, listen, but don't get to a point. See, here's the problem. But if you take your eyes off of him and you stop trusting and you start trying to take matters into your own hands and you try to become manipulative and you try to, instead of doing what God's called you to do, then you, you, you run the risk of delay. You run the risk of seeking and not obtaining the place, the thing that God wants you to get because you're just not responding. And God, but, but how many of God's going to keep after you? He's going to keep because he loves you. He's going to keep after you because he loves you. But, 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 but I, I, I don't want, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I don't want my blessing delayed. 
I, I want to be able to, to be so, so, so that if I'm doing what God wants me to do, if I keep my focus on him, I may not even have all the answers, but here's what I do. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep serving him. I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay in his presence because in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Y'all hearing me? In, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness. I'm going to stay in his presence because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to have joy in my problems. I'm going to have peace in my problems. I mean, how I many know Jesus says, I give you peace, not like the world give it to you. He says, I give you a peace that transcends the world. Why you got peace, sister? What? Why you got peace? Because I'm in the presence of God. That's the key. You want to walk on water? How many of you want to walk on water? Keep your focus on Jesus. And you'll walk on water. You'll walk right on through your problems. You'll walk right on. Yeah, it, it'll still be there. And when that get gone, it'll be another one. Y'all hear me? And all the while, you just keep getting victory. Every time you turn around, you're leaving a trail of victory. Why? Because you kept your focus on Jesus. You received that word. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 Amen.